0: You are listening to Engaging
1: and exciting conversation
0: On the Radiant Culture Podcast Podcast Get ready Now
2: Welcome everyone, you're listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast My name is T-Mac
1: And I'm Cookie Monster
2: And we are joined once again by Cool Waza
0: Hi guys, how are you? Cool you. We're
2: cool We're cool, we're um, cool So this is a continuation from last week's episode Or is it proud to Anyway last week's episode about faith this is reality and we had an overwhelming response and when i say that basically i mean all of cookie monster's girlfriends messaged him and said this episode was too short all of my- <laughs> <laughs> friends who are girls was- <laughs> do you want do you want to correct me i've
0: yeah. got nothing to say. <laughs> okay
2: good <laughs> plead
0: the fifth plead
1: the fifth
2: That was the overwhelming response, that we needed to continue. So we had promised we would
1: anyway. That just sounds so wrong, though.
2: (laughs) Are they not girlfriends?
1: (laughs) Okay, let's carry on.
2: (laughs) My girlfriend. Um, So, Kuwaza. Faith versus reality. There's something, okay, to be honest, guys, what happened last time is that we had a bit of a recording glitch. So we had to redo a few things. But <laughs> there's some things that Kuwaza had said in the initial recording that we actually want to try and cover this week as well. Um, one of which was when you explained about the fact that we've already received a lot of things from God. Yeah. We just, they just haven't manifested in this reality. So maybe we can pick things up there to understand yeah. the whole difference between the fact that we're
0: living into realities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's great, I think. Yeah, that's one of those challenging things, right? Is to navigate living, you know, as people who understand that we're living in two kinds of realities: as a reality that is in heaven, is one on earth, and there are things that have already happened in the heavenly realms, mm-hmm. still spoken of in the past tense. That when we look at our earthly existence, it doesn't seem to be quite the case. Yeah, so for example, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Doesn't feel like it's when you're being bashed left, right, and center by life, you know. <clears throat> you know, you think that if I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places and I'm supposed to be reigning and ruling, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't quite feel like it. So, mm-hmm. uh, the first port, port of call, I think, uh, is to just say, what exactly has he done? <clears throat> what is happening in that realm? What have we received? So, for example, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in mm-hmm. Christ Jesus. Yeah. So the spiritual blessings that we have that are available now, and yes. they are in the realm of the Spirit, but on the earth you might not actually feel very blessed because of your reality being different. So exactly. that's the first part of course. say, okay, what does the Word of God say? Uh, what What does the Word of God tell me I have now? Because mm-hmm. the Word of God records all of that. I think one of the things we said before, uh, the gremlins played with our machinery was that uh, john 17 verse 17 says that uh, you know sanctify them in the truth your word is the truth right. and the word that is used there for truth is also the word that can be re, uh, read as reality oh, okay. in the original language yeah so your word is the reality mm-hmm. which means that anything that deviates from the word is not the reality that you want to be holding on to right. so to speak. So, I don't know if that covers pretty much um, uh, it does. the realities. I think that's what they say that they are different realities. The yeah. earthly, the seen, and the unseen, and the one that the Word of God shows us. I'm sometimes.
1: curious yeah. about that particular scripture, the Ephesians one. Ephesians is actually one of my favorite books, um, by the way. That uh, verse that says we've been blessed in this spiritual realm with every spiritual blessing. Yeah. In the heavenly places. In the, in the heavenly places, my my heavenly realms whatever my bad um so, so the question is what are those spiritual blessings because the immediate assumption when we of the word blessings um you know as people who live here in this reality we constantly we immediately start thinking about hey you know it's my house in the brook yeah. and <laughs> it's my it's my it's my mercedes or whatever it's my yeah it's yeah. my dad <laughs> thank you Hallelujah, I receive. Um, so, okay, okay, stop it, could I? Uh, okay, so my question is, um, what are those spiritual blessings? Is it, is it talking about actual, um, physical,
2: tangible, tangible things.
1: things? Thank you. Or is it referring to something greater? Is it referring to, um, to spiritual gifts or to Christ himself? I'm just wondering that, what, what is Paul referring to when he, when he mm. talks about those?
0: Okay, so he doesn't really specify. We also, need to understand when in Pauline usage of the word spiritual, it's not spiritual in terms of the essence, like spiritual versus physical. Mm-hmm. Spiritual means that which is consistent with the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, when he uses that a lot of the time, look at 1 Corinthians, he talks about, uh, I cannot speak unto you as spiritual. All mm-hmm. right? He's not talking about you being like ephemeral and, you know, <laughs> not tangible. He's talking about you're not people who habitually think walk, live in as, you know, uh, by the direction of the Spirit of God. So <clears throat> that's the first thing to understand, I guess. And so when you take it, if we understand it that way, then the blessings I refer to are pretty much everything that you could possibly think of as the things that God would bequeath to someone. Mm-hmm. So there's, I don't think there's a limitation. What is a blessing Just to to, you know, to start with? I think it's anything that God endows anybody with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, what, how the Scripture says, you know, do not be deceived. God, you know, all good and you know, perfect gifts come from the, you know, the, the Lord of Lights or God of Lights. I remember how that verse the, father, the, father the, father of of the Father, of Lights. lights yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It was, in, whom no and yeah, in whom there's turning. no shadow Yeah. In whom there's no of turning. Yeah. You know. So anything good that comes from Him. Uh, Chiman, nice Bible you
2: and, and your face got so serious. <laughs> 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 Singing this no shadow,
0: carrying. <laughs> okay.
1: bro this is cool as a brother. <laughs> only those dropping scriptures <laughs> for us, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah.
0: Okay. So yeah, that's it. I think it's so pretty much not put a limitation, or because the scripture doesn't um, put a limitation, or even describe some just spiritual gifts. It can't be Christ Himself because it says every spiritual blessing in Christ okay. Jesus. Yeah. So someone could say that in His person. Someone could argue that. It's a, another reading of that to say in Him you have every single blessing. But then still, it speaks to how everything mm-hmm. of you is you know you are affected in every area of your life. If you look at the word of sal- the word salvation itself, in the Greek <clears throat> as well as in the Hebrew, it speaks about the complete. Person, the well being of an individual, mm-hmm. health, wealth, whatever you call it, your financial well being, uh, yeah. your um, spiritual well being, like your the peace of your soul, and all these kinds of things. Um, that's what salvation talks about, the whole shooting match, I guess. So, of course, because of People having issues with the prosperity doctrine. I was just about to go there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> read your mind. <laughs> you totally did. You actually did. You know, so it, that's an extreme of a of a truth, mm-hmm. right? Um, when Christ died on the cross, he made everything available to us. Yeah, um, and absolutely everything. But uh, because of the prosperity doctrine and then how it's been overplayed, people are a <clears throat> bit keen to divorce Christ from the physical blessings yeah all right so mm. uh, you know you have a, you come to a point where you're almost ashamed of testifying about what God has done in making sure that you have a particular brand of vehicle or clothes or whatever the case may be mm. but he died to make that available yeah. as well uh, as the other uh, spiritual things that people would like to talk about mm. more than anything else like your eternal life going to heaven. And that's, having your sins forgiven,
1: all that sort of thing. Yeah. What What I find interesting is, um, like you said, there's these. I guess two main schools of thought. I guess there's more, but um, on one end, you've got, I guess, the prosperity gospel and which is not really the gospel oh, but the, I, and that's why i, I called just it, it just prosperity mind, doctrine mind. Like, prosperity doctrine, doctrine?
0: <laughs> i deliberately called it yeah. <laughs> prosperity doctrine. there we go and yeah to be fair i think to be fair to those that preach it yeah uh because it's a bit of a caricature right right and um, I don't think that they believe that uh, money and all that is that that's the gospel. Yeah, I think they'll, if you ask them, they'll say Christ is, is a yeah, center. But they have a leaning and they're leaning so, towards yeah. yeah. That's why I always want to use okay. I like uh, the that. Word I like that doctrine instead of uh, prosperity gospel. gospel. gospel yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So yeah. So the prosperity doctrine um, pushes certain things very materialistic in its focus, mm-hmm. and um, then you, you've got the other side, which is i guess a retaliation against that which almost ends up being the gospel or true theology and doctrine has nothing to do with all of this material stuff uh when we focus on all these material things we are uh doing a disservice to what christ did on the cross Mm. right so so there's that don't reduce what christ did on the cross to uh mere things and i get i get where that's coming from um even, you know, with things like healing, it's like, okay, uh, God wants you healed, but then not everybody gets healed. Then you also have people who are just like, they don't even pray for healing because mm-hmm. they're like, whatever, God is sovereign and that's wh- whatever God that's wants is what's going to happen. Yeah. So my, my question, and I guess where, where I just want us to kind of camp for a little bit is, um, where do those two come together? Is Is there a balance in terms of our... Um, understanding of um what christ has done that of course we understand that the primary thing and the most important thing is that god gave us his son yeah and um, there's nothing that's that's unmatched romans though i think it's eight we spoke about romans eight thirty two, yeah. which says that um he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us or how will he not also <coughs> together with him um give us all things yeah. And uh, I actually remember listening to a John Piper sermon where he was saying, so that the lesser is contained in the greater. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that, where, 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 where's that balance? That yes, we understand that God gave us Christ and Christ is the ultimate sacrifice. But is it okay for us to also believe God for, you know, Range Rovers and yeah. nice things yeah. and pretty wives and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 man. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. Or are we now just... Undermining.
0: I, th- I and this is just maybe an opinion. From what I see, it's people like break the Bible into two: uh, Old Testament and New Testament. And people have struggled to read the Bible in its, you know, entirety. Like yeah, and story. to be able to hold both together. Yeah. So the guys of the prosperity will probably be all Old Testament, and you know, look at how Solomon made mm-hmm. silver as common as stones, and then and you know, all those examples, Abraham. And <clears throat> and then the guys who will be like no 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 it's Jesus came to do more they'll you know you he hear him preach yeah outside of was not
2: very ostentatious or exactly. yeah. you know
0: and he you know he he became poor so that yeah. he, you know he became rich all these kinds of things and that's a very interesting verse that one because of the, of the way people interpret it so the guys who are more to the prosperity would interpret it literally mm-hmm. And and those that are towards more like, Jesus came and, you know, called so-called grace movement, and it's not about money and material things, they'll say, no, it's spiritual poverty and, you know, spiritual wealth and stuff like that. So I think it's that, uh, that just being not able to, to live with both of them together at once. Because if you look at Jesus while he was on earth, what was he doing, you know? <laughs> if you look at isaiah 61 what is that it's an empowerment verse mm-hmm. you're yeah, opening the eyes of the blind right mm-hmm. uh for example that guy who um uh think who was it bartimaeus mm-hmm. says that he mm-hmm. cast off his cloak when jesus called him and that's significant because the cloak was something that was standard government issue for beggars and blind yeah blind beggars so you, it's like if you see him wearing this thing, you have to, you know, please get like those guys who have those letters from oh, social welfare right, right. and stamps. So when they come to you and then, you know, you know that they are endorsed by government, that you need to help them. Mm. So that was the same thing with that cloak. And he threw it off, mm. That which, which which means that he was expecting that once he, he, you know, he regained his sight, he didn't need to continue being a beggar. Mm. So he would that receiving of the sight was more than just him being physically empowered. It became something of economic empowerment because he was what he was because of the you know impairment that he has. So a lot of us don't see the miracles that Jesus performed in that light. You know, we just think I just just to, and a lot of people who then on that page of material things don't matter. They say, well, he did that to prove that he was the Messiah and the kingdom is here and so, and so on. But actually, it, it had. Ramifications. There's a, a, a child who was 12 years old who was dead. Jesus raises her from the dead. She gets to live a longer life than what she would have if he didn't. Right. You know, and, and what that means. Uh-huh, and what that, uh-huh. you see. So so we need to be able to have both and, you know. Uh, just like if I could give an example of what Jesus said to the Pharisees about tithing their mint dill and cumin. Mm-hmm. He said to them, uh, you guys are masters at tithing, right? But in the matters of love and faithfulness, you're lacking. You mm. should have done these greater things while not letting go of the former. Mm. So do both. I'm not saying that you stop your tithing is bad, but if you tithe and then you leave the greater things, there's a problem. Yeah. So I think that's the principle that we always have to push to say. <clears throat> we didn't have, we shouldn't have a, a, a Jesus who's half baked. He's only interested in you going to heaven and your character and, you know, you're broke because he wants to make you more like him and refine mm-hmm. you and you, you know, then fetishize you end up, then you end up suffering, and... you know, yeah. It, I have to say that. I know that sounds like a weird word, but it really feels like that sometimes, you know, if you listen to some mm-hmm. certain people preach, that's all they ever talk about. Suffering, 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 you know, but that's not the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, he also came and, you know, there's a scripture, that I think Paul says to Timothy, he gives us all things richly, Mm. Uh, for our enjoyment. Well, I well. think
2: enjoyment has to be its own topic.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, you know... Um, the, the way your face yeah.
1: just lit up there when you said
0: enjoyment. Nice. enjoyment. <laughs> so, like, you, know, you can get into asceticism, you know, like, yeah. like what the monks used to do. Yeah. And you can have this life where you're all just trying to live on the... Stoicism. But bare the minimum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Live on the bare minimum. I give almost everything i earn i just have enough to eat the most basic meals and stuff like that you know what i mean that's not what the lord wants yeah
2: but isn't it sorry couldn't it be what he requires of some people like for example how john the baptist was john the baptist like we all know the description of him eating locusts and honey and dressing the way he dressed yeah
0: um why? His,
1: with his Gucci belt there.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good question. But he you know, he was uh, he was representing Elijah. So mm-hmm. if you look at the way Elijah dressed mm-hmm. and the way that he was dressing, it was pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, also you need to look at the other side that the son of man came eating and drinking. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <That's true>. Yeah. <laughs> and you called him a wine beaver and a drunk. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea here says that uh, you know, we sang a dirge. You didn't. You didn't weep. Yeah. And and we you know we uh, did a wedding song and you didn't dance. Yeah. The idea is, God wants to reach people in any way possible. So, yeah. I will. Okay, if I come in this guise, because maybe that's what you accept. Will you accept me? Okay, that's too much for you guys. I'll come in this form, to you guys, so that you can accept me. That's mm-hmm. the idea. But they rejected both because, you know, they didn't want anything to do with past plan and so on. Yeah. But I don't know if that answers the question to say <clears throat> so he's saying that some people are called to be like that. I, I think the circumstances of people's calling yes will mean, for example, someone else will necessarily have prospects of driving a, a Land Rover or whatever. But that's all right, you know, yeah. because it's not all about possessions, all right? Yeah. And Paul said, uh, my life is worth nothing to me unless I you know, I finish my, my course. Of uh, preaching the gospel, yeah. if i don't fulfill my task and my assignment, my work, my life is worth nothing. Mm-hmm. And if we talk about his life, then what more? Having a range of and not fulfilling the purpose that God yeah. on earth for
1: which brings me to another i guess um another point of our discussion um which is that I've often wondered at this, you know, because I talk to different people, people just who come from different schools of thought, and you know, one of the things is that um, I have <clears throat> people that I know who are like serious let's say cessationists, yeah. Who are just like, you know, everything seized. There's there's no such thing as, as spiritual gifts in that way. Mm-hmm. And I know people who lean more towards Calvinism and things like that will will subscribe to that. I don't want I don't want to turn this into a theological discussion per se. Um, but point the point being this that how you approach these things has a huge bearing on how you interpret scripture and on how you live as as a christian um so so you've got um instances or scenarios where somebody's prayed for example this is about faith right somebody has prayed they've uh, put themselves out there, really believed god stood on the word of god for something maybe their mom is sick you know then mom eventually passes away mm. or um they really believe in god for something and it doesn't happen mm. um under a certain school of thought others would be like ah maybe you didn't believe enough or mm-hmm. you cuz god was when you have faith god is supposed to do this
2: mm-hmm.
1: right then there's another school of thought that will say no god is sovereign ultimately mm-hmm. and um Maybe that 's their healing, you know that yeah. they were, they were going to go i 'm just trying to say that does having faith mean that we are supposed to get the things that we believe God for? I guess that, that's my question <laughs> that's my question big question I know, but, yeah. but I think it's an important one
0: it's a very difficult question with many I think from a pastoral point of view, some of the answers won't be so great because you, you, it sounds like you're accusing people put a lot of pressure on people but yeah. It's, you know you have to deal with the reality of what the word of God tells you you know so I'll do my best to respond to this trying to you know being aware that there are so many people who have those situations that they've gone through yeah. uh, and, and you know not feeling like they're being accused of anything but um, <clears throat> I think the the distinction we need to make is between um, things we do by faith and things we ask for in faith right the things we do by faith. When you lay hands on the sick and you you speak like Jesus did, he spoke to a tree, right? He didn't pray about it. You don't involve God. You just speak to the tree, and then it just withers. As a woman reached out, touched the hem of his garment, didn't even ask. Yeah, power left him, and he was left asking, "Who touched me? Who touched me?" You know, right? And I didn't ask him. You know, he just by faith grabbed a hold of it. Mm-hmm. So there's those kinds of things. And then there's issues where we are applying our faith in what we are requesting. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm going to make a distinction between the two. Because when you pray, you need to make room for the will of God. Yeah. Just like Jesus himself. What was his faith in that moment? His faith was God is able. So even you know, when you see him praying in Gethsemane, three times he says, uh, take this cup away from me. All things are possible with you. That's what he says. So that's the revelation he has. It is possible for you to do this. It lets not what I will, but that you will be done. <clears throat> so he's leaving room for the will of God. Even though he's praying with faith. You can't say Jesus was praying in unbelief in that moment. right? Yeah. But he leaves room for the will of God, um, which in that case, he knew uh, what, what the will of God was. Exactly. Right? Uh, and so for us, we have imperfect knowledge. There's so many things that we don't see. Uh, I can give as an example one that fascinates me so much. When you think about Hezekiah, Hezekiah it was right? The guy who cried and said, God, uh, when he was told that you're not going to recover. That's Hezekiah, yeah. right? Yeah, it's Hezekiah. <laughs> and um, Isaiah was sent to tell him that he was going to die, but yeah. not going yeah. to recover. Yeah. Then he cried and turned to the wall. And then Isaiah was told to go back and tell him that he was going to get 15 years, right? Yeah. And a lot of people think, wow, yeah, that's amazing. Right. Uh, He had been told he was going to die. And then he prayed. And then the prophet didn't even get home while he was still in the courtyard. He had to go back and give him a different prophecy. Mm. And so that sounds great. But when you look at what happened after he recovered, Mm. right? First thing, what happened? Uh, Guys came to say, congratulations. Uh, We heard that uh, you've recovered. He said, "Yeah, yeah, 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 I'm back." And then he took them into every single place. All the treasury showed them everything, showed off. And Isaiah came in and asked him, "Hey, what what have these guys seen?" So I showed them everything. He Said, "Oh man, you should have done that because you're going to lose everything. And you know your 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 sons are going to be eunuchs and all this, all the treasuries and all the silver and gold is going to be taken away." And then something else that people a lot of people you know look at is that. His son Manasseh mm-hmm. was 12 years old when he took over from his father, right? Mm-hmm. If he was 12 years old, it means that he was born within the 15 years yeah. that were given, right? And Manasseh was the longest serving king of all of them across, yeah. you know, look at kings of Judah and, and, and Israel, and as well. 55 years, right? And uh, he was the most wicked king. It was so wicked that God said, even when Josiah came after him and did those reforms, he said, because of the wickedness of Manasseh, I made up my mind, you guys are going to Babylon. Nothing can, can atone for the level of wickedness that Manasseh has wrought in his 55 years. He did reform, I think it was in himself, but the damage was done. So you look at all of that and you think to yourself, if Hezekiah had died at the point when God said he should have died, how much of that would the people of Israel and Judah and being spared from, right? But because we don't have the long-haul picture, you know, no. the big picture, God sees it. There are things that when we look at it, we cry and we feel like God has let us down. But because God sees the end from the beginning, we then come to that point where we trust in his inherent goodness. That no matter what happens, if I don't get to see what I wanted done, it must mean because God has got a better uh, way or better view or better outcome for what it is that I, I was going to ask for.
1: Yeah. Wow. Oddly enough, my dear reading, <clears throat> I'm doing this program, uh, Bible reading program, so I'm actually in the book of Isaiah. Uh, been going through the whole Old Testament, so it's quite interesting, quite fascinating, actually, when you see the different kings, the Northern Kingdom, the Southern Kingdom, and so-and-so did evil in the eyes. You're just like, what? But then when you come to Isaiah, and uh, that's, that that Hezekiah story, I would never thought about it in those terms, right? Because yeah. we always look at the fact that, hey, this guy got another fifteen years, and yeah. God, um, God heard his cry. Mm. But then there's the the whole thing that unfolds with Manasseh and 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 all of that. Um, wow, okay, that's actually very interesting. The Bible is interesting. Question: So
0: yeah, so the point I was making this, yeah. I'm was, I was, I was saying I was trying to distinguish between what we ask for. Mm-hmm, and yeah. the things that we, we do, so the right. doing part is the things that we do without actually having to ask God to intervene, right? So when you cast out devils, so we have been told in my name you cast out devils. We sent the disciples, guys, in my name, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, heal the sick, right? Yeah, when you slide in the DMs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. Anyway. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so in those kinds of instances, when you look at what Jesus says to them, the only time you find in the Gospels where these guys failed was with that boy who had the demon that threw him in the fire and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, they couldn't cast it out. And when they asked Jesus, why couldn't we cast it out? Jesus said it's because of your unbelief. Right. Yeah. Um, so he didn't say it's because... Doesn't the time or... You know what I mean? Yeah. You look at Jesus himself, you don't see a single instance where he prayed for someone and they didn't get healed. You look at the apostles afterwards, you don't see instances where they prayed for someone and they didn't get healed either. I mean, when I say prayed for, I mean, I'm mean talking about in the sense of, you know, yeah. that doing faith. So, I, um, in that instance, it seems like the issue is not an issue of faith, but maybe I might... I don't know if I will... Because I might introduce something that will take us a little bit down the road, I guess. So I don't know if you want to ask another question beforehand. Bring it. Okay. So, which brings me to the next thing is that it's not so. So many times it's not that people don't have enough faith, because people focus on faith. But the issue is, we need to understand that faith and unbelief can coexist. Okay. Right. So Jesus says in uh, Mark chapter eleven, verses twenty-three to twenty-four that famous faith passage he says if you believe in your heart and you do not doubt Mm -hmm. right if you believe and do not doubt so those are two things that should be happening at the same time Mm -hmm. you need to believe Uh and not doubt because and that's why you know he says that you you know the disciples are saying increase our faith at one point because it feels like i need more faith right yeah Mm -hmm. To, to, to do more. That mm-hmm. seems to make sense. But says, no, all you need is faith, a grain like you know, the size of a grain of a mustard seed or whatever. You yeah. know, the size of a mustard seed. Um, which means that it's not faith that's the issue. The unbelief is coexisting. So I could give you quite a few examples of that uh, from the scriptures. You have Martha when Jesus came back uh, and her brother died. The first thing she said was, My brothers died, but even now, I believe that. The Lord can, you know, the, your father will do whatever it is you ask him. Then mm-hmm. they get to the tomb, and Jesus says, Roll away the stone. And then she says, Oh, well, it's been four days, Yeah, you know, it's gonna be very smelly. Right. And Jesus says, Did I not tell you that if you believe? So it was not because uh-huh. she was worried about offending people's sense of smell, or whatever. It was because that was an unbelief manifesting. So Jesus mm-hmm. challenges the unbelief and says, But she had, she, she's the one who said, Even now, mm-hmm. you can do whatever you ask. Crunch time. Well, (laughs) not so sure now. So it's belief and unbelief living together. Okay. Um. And so even if you look at like the example of the disciples that they had tried to cast out the devil, right? That demon, right? They tried. What drove them to do that? They had faith. They had experience. They had done it before. Yeah. But this one will not go. And then Jesus says, "Your unbelief." And then there's a reading of that which I found very interesting. A lot of us think that then he says this kind comes out only by prayer or prayer and fasting, mm-hmm. right? And the, this kind, people ascribe it to the demon. But there are some who believe and I'm beginning increasingly to agree with them that the, this kind he was talking about was not the demon, but this kind of unbelief. Hmm. Take your time, take your time. Think about, <laughs> it. think about it. You see, because Jesus cast out that devil with the word, did he fast first?
2: No, he didn't. He didn't,
0: mm-hmm. right? He just says, out. Yeah. And the devil is gone. And they never fasted. Remember, the Pharisees said, why the don't they fast? Mm-hmm. Because, right? It, because, because the yeah. Do. The but they had been casting yeah. out devils. Yeah. Without fasting so it's very difficult to see how there's a kind of demon that you need to fast first so that you have power to overcome and a lot of christians are in bondage because of that Mm -hmm. because they feel like they have not fasted enough so that they can have authority over spirits Mm -hmm. but the authority is in the name of jesus Mm -hmm. not in your fasting so again the i know that a lot of people have heard it that way, where it's, this, it's a certain level of demon, you know, <laughs> yeah, sure. where you have to fast. New levels yeah. come but with it's, new devils. Exactly. The new level comes with a new devil and you need to fast and all that. Um, but the issue is of unbelief as well. There's just a level of unbelief that can only be dealt with through constant prayer and fasting. That
2: actually makes sense.
0: Hmm. To the point that if we have zero unbelief, there's a lot of things that we can get done. And that's why Jesus said, only that, you just need faith the size of a mustard seed. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have any unbelief, look at Jesus, he didn't have a shred of unbelief. And not a single thing that he did fell to the ground. Yeah. He never failed once, anything that he tried to do.
1: You know, my, my mind starts racing in all kinds of directions because I immediately want to ask, you, okay, so where does the unbelief come from? <laughs> Great. That's a good right. question.
0: That's a good question. Unbelief is really, I think, um, the, the, the product of our life experiences, right? Because it's that nagging thought in the back of your mind somewhere that says, what if? Yeah. Right. What if it's not going to work? And it manifests itself in different ways and at different times, particularly the longer the situation goes on. Right, like Sarah. At first, you're yeah, exactly. You're all fired up, right? You're like, ah, let's do this. God can do it, right? Mm-hmm. And then even you know, like you think about it, if you've ever you know had an experience of you know casting out a devil or something. <laughs> when you start going, go, go! There's a lot of energy, <laughs> and that spirit is stubborn. It's not going. It's like you know you just feel people just getting tired and people swapping. Okay, it's your turn. You go and try casting out. You know, so unbelief as time goes on. Right, uh, unbelief kind of then you know, there's a creeping in of the thought that says, mm, What if maybe I don't have enough power? Oh, maybe this, maybe that, right? It's a and, and it's a part of the experiences you've had, it's part of also what the enemy is doing in that moment and saying, "Ah, So uh, it means, guy, you don't have power, and, uh, maybe because you sinned, you know. So it's also to do with your theology, yeah. So if you have the theology that says, um, if you are not walking right with God, you know, God cannot hear you, God will not hear you, or you, you know, you will not see things happen, mm-hmm. then that unbelief will, will be there as well. So it, it's very difficult to quantify and say this is the reason, but it's a whole host of things. There's wrong teaching as well, you know. Right. Um, and uh, there's just basically, I think the issue of not having a mind that is thoroughly renewed as well, where, as I said at the time, where Jesus could see that it had no difference to him, a person who's sleeping and a person who's dead, it's the same thing, right? It's, it's a mentality. It's a way of thinking that's just crazy. Yeah. And I was just sharing with a few friends about how, you know how, if someone says, uh, guys, can you pray for me? I'm not feeling well, right? Um, and then you you'll feel like, okay, the Bible says lay hands. Right. I didn't tell you what the condition was. If I tell you I've got stage four pancreatic cancer, I need you guys to pray for me. Mm. What that does to you in your faith, right? You're already starting to think about other situations, Mm. right? How many people come back from stage four? Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. In the back of your mind, you're thinking you need to go hug your kids as tight as you can, tell them that you love them, all these kinds of things, right? Because it's over. Yeah. But if I only tell you that I'm not feeling well, the faith you have when you pray for me is far different mm-hmm. and is a lot higher, if I can say that, yeah. than if you, if I tell, if I tell you all the details, mm-hmm. then with each detail, with each incremental piece of information, that unbelief is chipping away. at. Yeah. you know what I mean. So th- there's there is that, and and I just wanted to read, I think a, a passage that I I I don't want to quote it because it's so powerful. If I just read it. And it's from Romans chapter 4, verse 18, one of my favorite passages, talking about Abraham's faith. And it says, in hope he believed against hope, that he should become the father of many nations, as it has been told, so shall their offspring be. He did not weaken in faith, right, when he considered his own body. So these are circumstances, right, Mm -hmm. that cause, okay, so God has made a promise that, hey, I'm almost 100 and my body is as good as dead.
2: Well, to be fair, he wasn't the one who was going to have to get
0: there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then it, it gets you know, <laughs> quite interesting because then it says, Oh, when he considered the barrenness of yeah. Sarah's womb, or actually the Greek says the deadness of a womb. Mm. You know, it's like dead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's gone gonna...
2: through many at this point. Yeah.
0: Now, listen to verse 20. This is very interesting. And actually, this actually, you know, came to, to light more this morning when I read it. Uh, you know that I've read it quite a few times. Verse twenty: No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. Right? Yeah. No unbelief. So there was no unbelief working. His faith, right? Yeah. Is all that was working in that moment. And no unbelief was allowed to cause him to stagger at the promise. That's what the uh, K, KJV says: to stagger at the promise of God. Yeah. That's what causes us to stagger, right? What is the unbelief and where is it coming from? It's coming from when you consider your body, Yeah. right? When you consider it's stage four, it's not, it's not even, it's not just a headache, you know? It's not just a toothache. It's stage four, guys, when you consider. That's where unbelief is born, right? The deadness of his wife's womb, he did not consider that, you know? So no unbelief, when he thought of it, and I like it because it's not in, he didn't ignore the facts, right? He did not weaken in faith when he considered. He thought about it. Mm. Listen, I'm a hundred years old almost, and my body is good as dead. This woman, her, she's barren, and you know, we had prospects biologically many years ago. Those are gone. Mm. Right? Right. Uh, and, but in considering that, it didn't cause him to weaken in faith. Why? Because uh, or instead, actually, he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. How did he give glory to God, verse 21, by being fully convinced, the NIV says, fully persuaded that God was able to do what he had promised. Yeah. So in in, in all, in every situation, it's, you're coming back with, but God, right? Yeah. It's stay but God, it's, it's like, I'll get kicked out. I don't, I don't think I can raise the rent by in the next, but God, you know? Because God is a factor and God has promised. He says that he will provide for me and all these kinds of things. I am fully convinced. That's where a lot of people, a lot of us, we struggle to be fully convinced. To the point where no matter what you say, no matter what the situation is, I will not stagger through unbelief because I'm fully convinced that God is able to do what he promised.
1: Uh, them my spots.
2: <laughs> so when Pretty you say good. to the person Who says, okay, that's fine for Abraham sure. I mean, he was chummy with God They were friends yeah, yeah. And I mean, yes, we all have prayer lives And we read our Bibles And we're all reading the same word But someone might be like Yeah, if you want me to be fully persuaded Marie must come to me And show me in black and white That okay, this is definitely what I want you to do I'll see you through to the end And then you would be like, cool, yeah He said so, it's fine
0: Interesting, because on many levels firstly if you're a christian you are far better off than abraham Mm -hmm. because you have god living in you Mm -hmm. and you have the life of god in you which is something abraham did not have Mm -hmm. that's the first thing the second thing is a lot of people think that if they see then they will believe yeah Yeah. but doesn't work like that because if that was the case of the pharisees would have been born again and saved, right? Yes. Did you see how even though this guy, you know, the, this one, the, that one always kills me. If I see, but you don't see. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Okay, that's a good, a good time, But that's quite interesting. Anyway, um,
1: sure.
0: the guy was born blind. The guy was healed. They interviewed him. I saw what happened. This guy who healed you. What? Yeah. So I saw was blind from, and he tells them everything.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And they go and get his parents. <laughs> Say, is this your son? Ah, yes. To say he's our son, yes, you can say. But who healed him? I don't know because they're also afraid of being cast out of the synagogue.
2: Yeah.
0: And then okay, the parents are not playing along, and then they called him again. I said, ah, but guys, I've already told you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? They were trying everything they could to discredit a miracle. that this, everyone knew that this guy could not see, but now he can. Yeah. And so sometimes you think that if God shows me, or if God shows up in my room, or whatever, we'll have all the faith. Mm. Think about the you know the the Israelites in the wilderness. Yeah. How long did it take them to turn against God? Yeah. They were living in Goshen. They had light when everyone else was in darkness. They you know everyone else was being at boils and we were fine. And you know the, and God showed Himself so many ways. But it didn't take. They didn't even get into the wilderness <laughs> before they started complaining. Yeah. You know? did we not have graves in Egypt and all these kinds of things you know so it, it's not that and, and God knows that and that's why a lot of the time God allows us to go through situations in which the only thing that makes or that we can hold on to is his word because that's what you know faith is all about yeah as Abraham says because Abraham only received a promise mm-hmm. he was told so shall your offspring be
2: yeah
0: and if you look at the context he was actually complaining Right? You're saying, but I don't have any kids. Eliezer is going to take my staff, he's mm-hmm. gonna be my heir, and then God says, No, oh, come, I'll show you. Look up into the sky. What do you see? Look at the sign on the seashore, so shall your offspring be. Yeah. And Abraham believed God. Mm-hmm. He believed the word. And there was nothing there. It's not like God showed them powerpoints, uh, this is what's gonna happen. And then Jesus <laughs> will come down this end it's just a word, and he believed. Mm-hmm. And so Abraham is our father of faith. And that's how we ought to be as well, to hear the word and believe it. And that's enough. Mm-hmm. When God says, it, it's all about the revelation of who God is. Yeah, Is he able to do? That's he good. was that's, that's fully so persuaded that God is able. When you're not persuaded of God's ability, and you think your circumstances are greater than God's capacity to bring out what he has promised. Mm-hmm. Remember, he has promised. So if you don't believe that he's able to do it, then mm-hmm. that's where unbelief and doubt and all these things you know, come in. And nothing can save you from that if you don't come to the point where you're fully persuaded that God can do it.
2: So then where does his will now factor in?
0: All right. So his will comes in uh, in interesting ways. There's a revealed will of God and not the not known will of God. So the things that he has revealed, he gives us for us and our children that we may obey all the things of the law. But the things that are secret belong to our God. That's Deuteronomy 29, 29, I think. Yeah. So there's a secret will of God. Yeah, kunguno.
1: And no issue. Just violence. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, bro. This chick. Hey, who hired this girl, bro? <laughs> <laughs> She got to say from Justin Wilder from YouTube The secret things belong to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do remember verse, So Can so, I tonight so remember this generation. 9999. Yeah. I still <laughs> <don't> remember. Anyway, do you like heathen's podcast.
2: podcasts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so just came out too fast. Anyway, TV.
0: Oh man. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, what what I was oh, saying, God,
1: she has such a low view of my
2: Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
1: guess that's where our friends are.
0: (laughs) Right. So, yeah, so there's that, you know, like God has kept certain things himself, right? So, um, I think knowing that and that we can only live according to what he has revealed. Mm. And then what has not been revealed is up to him. Yeah. And what you find, the more you live in light of what he has revealed, the more the things that have not been revealed are made known to you.
2: Mm.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah. So... I remember one time I was going through a very difficult uh, patch and there's this scripture. It should be in uh, Psalm 33. I was reading in my daily reading and it talked about how God... um, It should be 33 verse 19 if I remember well. Because it talked about God will keep you alive in famine. Right? So when things are going... And that was 2007, uh, 2008. 6, So I'm thinking... I'm looking at my life. I don't feel like I'm being kept... (laughs) You know, I feel like the famine is really, you know, it's mm. kicking me, live right in the center. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, but your word says this. So I, I, I kept on taking him to task about it to say, why then is my life not reflecting what you're saying in this verse? And then uh, someone prophesied, gave me a prophecy. Uh, said, uh, I not told them, I not, I, this was just me between me and God, right? and so i said you know god is going to change your life he's going to provide for you in amazing ways but right now you've got stuff in your life that he wants to deal with and he's going to start you know he's refining you stripping you of certain things teaching you to rely on him and him alone and things like that so it was like wow it wasn't the thing you wanted to hear you know yeah. like this time next week <laughs> exactly but you know, you have comfort in knowing that God has revealed that which you did not know. Because you're in, in you're in, in the darkness. You just feel like, Why is life beating me up? It's not like beating you up, it's God with the process. Mm-hmm. And that revelation comes. But it comes when you challenge and you say, but on the basis like like the disciples. Yeah. Going to Jesus and saying, Why were we not able to cast it out? Yeah. They're not content to say, Oh well, because you are the you are the chief, you are the you know, uh the big guy and Surely the demons will bow to you and not to us. So okay, we understand. Yeah. But they're not willing to take that mm-hmm. and say, no, but uh, you said that in your name when we do this we will get results. Yes. Why did we not get results?
2: Yeah.
0: And a lot of Christians don't do that. A lot of Christians will then conclude, oh well it must be his will. He doesn't want to. Yeah. Right? But says who? And this is where we also, you know, this is the way we talk about the word being fully persuaded, right? Yeah when you're fully persuaded you will have to you will go to God and say but your word says I remember one instance i uh, this uh, i was listening to kenneth hagen talking about an, uh, a, a situation where someone where god has said uh, the person is going to die you know but he was praying and saying, no ways, mm-hmm. he's not going to die your word says uh, 70 and by strength by reason of strength 80 uh, someone's years he's not reached those years so he's not going to die mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit, he says, had to then plead with him to say, "Hey, you have to let this guy die wow. because he's not been able to live straight for two weeks in a row for the past thirty-six years. I've tried, but he's he's incorrigible." And then there's a scripture that says that you know he he you know I think talked about um, when in First Corinthians uh, should be eleven when he's talking about communion. He says. Some of you are weak and some of you have fallen asleep because, you know, you know, when we are judged you know, in this world in this way, he keeps us from being judged you know, with the world. So, your death is to keep you from eternal damnation. Mm. So, he's taking you out early because if we leave you as you are, it's not going to pan out too well for you later. So, that's what came to mind when, you know, that was going on. I said, okay, here's, so let's have a bargain. I'll, okay, I'll let him go. I'll let him go. But, here's what we need you to do Uh, please let him have one more day when he's uh, he's sick he needs to say goodbye to his people and then he goes next day he was like like, recovered as if he was going to leave hospital the next day had his grandkids there and his family then the next day he just deteriorated and then that was that so that is coming from being fully persuaded when you don't say you know you don't take no for an answer. God has to, because God has His word, and God honors His word. So God, if there's something that I don't know, and why I'm not happy, just to simply just fall back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there could be Him not actually explaining anything at all, mm-hmm. and right. we have to be ready to recognize that because He's still sovereign. Your faith is not sovereign, you know. Yeah. He you. is sovereign. Okay.
1: Yo, you've actually, uh, wow. Just that that phrase there, because that's something that I was gonna. I was just thinking about that. God is sovereign, but mm-hmm. our faith is not. Yeah, you know. And so, um, there, there are gonna be <clears throat> there are gonna be instances where the answer is no. Yeah, you know. And um, the answer is no because, yeah. because 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 God God knows why. Why I'm asking this um, is because as we get ready to to wrap up, I want us to get into some. Well, Max, did you want to say something?
2: Yes, actually. Um, Be quick.
1: Oh.
2: Um, it kind of flies in the face of what we're taught. I don't. I guess yeah. In the world, in a matter of speaking, that the best way to avoid disappointment is to just have low expectations. Like, don't yeah. expect too much. Yeah. And generally in life, maybe you just you get disappointed here and there, but because you don't expect much. It's like, it's okay. yeah. And I think we do that sometimes in our Christian walk. In yes. that, okay, I've prayed, I've stood on the word, it didn't happen. It's okay, like, it's fine. I just, 100%. It's, it's, let me lower my expectations. Maybe not yes. necessarily of God, but just to say, what? why do I feel I deserve that prayer to yes. be answered? It's okay if he doesn't want to answer it, on to the next thing. Because yeah. you don't want to dwell on that disappointment for yes. long. So how do we now manage that? Like, is that... I guess it's not. It's not even in the Bible. Yes. We don't know expectations. Yes. So I guess we kind of need to reform the way we think that mm-hmm. you can still expect the most from God. Yes. And, but then you still get disappointed. So how do you how do you reconcile that?
0: Yes. So this is it's so important. I I, I like that you've brought that up, uh, T Mac, because this is the enemy of the answer of answers to prayer.
2: Yeah.
0: Is we're trying to protect God. You know? because exactly. God's reputation. You don't, reputation mad, at him, you don't, you don't him, mad at him. You don't want you to know. say to people I prayed and he didn't, didn't answer, yeah. you know, as if that's going to make him any less of who he is. Mm. But that's weird. I mean I think it's nice, it's sweet, but it's misplaced. Mm. Yeah. And it brings me to to something that I you know I was thinking about earlier today, about how you know, a lot of us when we pray, we do that as a like a a way of saying I've I've, it's like a ticking off a box exercise, mm. but the vision of the Lord for prayer is you by the time you get up from where you're praying, you have what it is that you have been asking for. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So Jesus said, if you pray right and you believe that you have received it or you are receiving it, it will be yours mm-hmm. right Which means that by the time you rise from prayer, you should have a conviction. I have it. Mm. I have got it. Now what do I need to do, I need to wait, wait it out. Because the Bible says we should not become sluggish in Hebrews 6 verse 12, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Yeah. So you have faith, but you also need to have patience. Because sometimes the things that we get in that moment mm. are not available to us immediately. There's a lag yes. time. Yeah. And you have to be willing to wait it out and not lose hope and not be thinking, how oh, God has let me down while that process is playing itself out. Mm. So, a lot of people, when they pray, they don't have the sense of God having answered their prayer when they finish praying. Yeah. It's a list God, do this, God, do that, God, do this, God. Do that. Yeah, I told God. Mm. I left it with my dad. Yeah. He's going to do something. No, it's I've prayed about it and I have received. a sense that mm. I have received it. Sometimes you get it while you are praying. It's not a feeling per se, it's a sense. I don't know how to describe it. Sometimes you have to go at it. You need to keep praying and praying until you have it. That mm-hmm. sense, I've, I've apprehended what it is that I came for. Yeah. And then you can be free of it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of Christians, we just pray and we just hope for the best. Yeah. yeah. So that's where that comes in, where now you get disappointed and you know, God didn't do it. And now, okay, let me just lower my expectations. Let me not ask for this. Let me not ask for that. Because it could be a bit too difficult for God. And you start, you do self-censorship in prayer. Yeah. All these good things that you want from God, but you just don't think He's got the capacity. Or oh, it's one of those things, you know. Like James said, you know, you ask and you do not receive because you want to spend on your pleasures. Oh, I'm such a sinner. I'm so evil. Okay, let yeah. me not do that. You know what I mean? And you, before you even ask God, you've already started doing all that. Oh, really, yeah. Yeah. So, to yeah very, very important what you're saying there.
1: Awesome stuff. Awesome. Thanks, T-Mac. Um, <laughs> no, the...
0: What's happening
1: you? Nothing, nothing. are you sensing some sarcasm? No, in not words? at
2: all. I don't know why the producers love me.
1: No. The Perfect. way you
0: say it, you don't. Know yeah.
1: Okay, so no, no sarcasm whatsoever it's like maybe like 10 no, percent
2: no. so okay all i know <laughs> is i'm your right home so carry <laughs> on it's okay that um, is fine by faith you'll make it all
0: elijah's charity
1: <laughs> okay so <laughs> uh so just our listeners just so you know how much i get abused um yeah just yeah you can you can see for yourselves um anyway let me move on to my next question me being the godly person that I am <laughs> um, how does it <laughs> I, I, I'm just thinking about you know everything we're saying and of course this is just really it's, it's a lot of stuff and there's a lot to think about yeah. a lot of important stuff to think about mm-hmm. um, when we think about the practical aspects of it right not that what i'm what you're saying is not practical mm-hmm. but I'm just thinking that, you know, somebody's out there, they're listening um, and they're thinking, how do I develop that kind of faith? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a Christian, but I, I want to know how how do I develop the kind of faith that allows me to, um, to believe God in that way? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I overcome my unbelief? Uh, Can we just talk about that quickly?
0: Sure. Um, So I think uh, practical things (laughs) to be fully persuaded. I know it sounds like it's abstract, right, but ways that we can do that is to keep on having our mind renewed by thoroughly purging our minds of what we've been taught by you know devoting ourselves to the Word of God mm. yeah. you know, that there's just no substitute to the Word of God because yeah. that's what tells you all the possibilities right um for me, I know for sure um if I haven't been in the Word for a bit and I go back to the Word, especially some of the stuff in the Old Testament where You see the axe head floating or you know guy takes a bowl of salt and puts it in the water and it heals for generations you know it does something to your faith you know it makes you think wow and jesus said greater things than these shall ye do you know and 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 so that's so important because it inspires faith all the time and you're seeing Mm -hmm. examples all the time of people who overcame you know like hebrews 11 is a whole list of people overcame and stuff so that's one Another one is visualization and this is going to sound like I'm talking new age techniques but it's not I assure you. Uh and it's a very important part of um building faith. Meditation with visualization. What do I mean by visualization? See yourself in the place that you know after the fulfillment of whatever it is that you are believing for. Right? So see yourself testifying about the goodness of God. If it's a condition, you're in the hospital, see yourself walking out, the doctor saying that you're, you know, there's, we have looked and there's nothing, you know. Um, and so that is so important. Taking time to actually visualize yourself on the other side of the situation okay. is, is key. Um, and here's a very interesting example from uh, around about Genesis. I forget what chapter it is, but this is when um, Jacob, should be Jacob, yes it was, uh, he was being cheated out of his wages by Laban and so it was about the animals right so he was first of all told you can have uh, this That's and right, then the side animals yeah, sorry, the animals, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then he changed he changed the the, the wages so uh, he had a vision where God was showing him uh, a strategy so to speak and then he took strips of bark and whatever and put, put it before the animals uh, in the mating season in the winter mating and they were drinking water whatever and the result was they started bearing spotted and speckled and all that but these were they were not striped they were not they they started bearing Mm. and he put those you know before them like imaging as it were so it's very important your imagination is very important because what you you know as as a man thinks so he is things like that Mm. so that is very important visualization visualize 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 as a practical step take time From time to time, meditate, see yourself, what is God promised, see yourself in that boardroom, see yourself, um, you know, running that multi-billion dollar business, if that's what God has promised, or planting churches all across the world. Very, very important part of building your faith.
1: Hmm. I'll be honest, the moment you are like, visualisation, I just thought, (laughs) uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, but I, I like that. I like that. Again, it brings us back to this thing, right? That I think in many ways we become so anti all this other stuff mm-hmm. that we, we actually let go of the good stuff.
0: Or oh, in- do you want better? Yeah. We actually have seeded that ground. It belonged to us. Uh-huh. But that has been taken over because the enemy doesn't create. He just imitates. Mm-hmm. And takes advantage of what's already available. Yeah. So to use a very controversial example right you'll hear about these guys who fly through the air and disappear and whatever turn into all these kinds of things yet you have your bible that tells you that Philip was talking to this guy in one moment and the next moment he was gone you have Elijah and these guys were, this guy was said, he was told, go and, go and tell A. I I want to see him. And it was like, ah, oh, why would you do that to me? Because, you know, the Spirit of God will just take you and throw you and put you somewhere else and then you, I'll be left and my head will be cut off, you know? So it was like, everyone knew Elijah did that. You know, Elijah, <laughs> you could be talking to him now and then, ah, go take that you know? <laughs> so it was like common for Elijah, And yet, when we see it now, we we say it's Mm. witchcraft, we say it's demonic, and you know, and because Satan has has taken that ground that belonged to us, because we looked at it and said, ah, for example, like the cessationists and say, ah, well, don't need that. We now have the word of God, we don't need all that stuff. Satan says, oh, gladly occupy that space. Mm. So I don't want to go too deep into that because I could, but um, that's the idea is that we, we then, that visualization, you know, the Bible says that when Rebecca. Uh, was presented to Isaac. He was in the field. What was he doing? What does the Bible say he was doing? when He was in the field. I
1: don't know. Meditating. Ah, exactly. Meditating.
0: I know you knew, You know it. <laughs> he wasn't ring or anything. He was meditating. He was visualizing the atom. <laughs> I'm joking. But I don't know what he was <laughs> you know, it it seemed to be something that was a part of his routine. Right. To meditate. Right. Uh, and that's what meditation is about. You know, it's mm-hmm. part of it. But now it's yoga, now it's all this zen, whatever, you sit yeah. in a funny posture. They've just robbed us of what belonged to us in the beginning, and we need to understand and we need to fight for it to get it back mm-hmm. and redeem it. I almost feel like we need to...
1: I think I'll talk to the producer and convince him. I think we need to have a, uh, an episode on just like a theological episode where we talk about all these things i think they're so important yeah. but but of course not not today but this is yeah. so good thanks for yeah. yeah 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 exactly because yo there's a lot out there man especially a lot of this eastern mysticism and yeah. and all of this stuff yeah. um then yeah. uh even here uh in in zim or in africa at large uh, you know we have our own atoms mm-hmm. where things just happen bro like some stories i was hearing recently i'm just like yo but anyway that's that's not for today uh t mike anything from you
2: no cookie monster
1: okay cool gotta be nice to you since you're my right home today um cool
0: <laughs> nothing more from me okay oh, yeah
1: okay cool so thank you thank you all so much i think today has been amazing and our listeners thank you
2: it's been great cool weather we'll see you again soon soon yeah
1: hope to soon,
0: hope soon. to see you guys soon yes.
2: peace everybody peace, peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast If you want to make a contribution make a suggestion or have a request you can get in touch with us via email on radiant@thehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know God bless
0: It's hot, it's fresh, it's uncut Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast